and initiate sequence. Tina, I'm home. Memories are made of this. What is this place? I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but you got yourself killed at RST. We'd rebuild the most important assets in the US military. Soldiers like yourself. You're the first who we've successfully managed to bring back. But improved, enhanced. With the technology in your veins, you have an army inside you that will not only make you stronger, it will heal you instantly. Holy shit. Now tell me, do you remember anything? Where are you going? I've got unfinished business. Find the man who murdered my wife and kill him. Oh, that's not good. All right, shut him down. And initiate sequence. Okay, who is the next target for elimination? Tell me, do you remember anything? Do I know you guys? I don't think so. <laughs> They've been manipulating you. What you think is real. Sometimes ain't. And initiate sequence. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Blow Freezing with CJ and Micah. I'm CJ. I'm Micah. And this is a weekly show where we unthaw a different movie that comes in at or below 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. And for our third season, as uh, you may know, we are doing themes every month. And for the month of May, we have been doing a superhero comic book failed adaptations (gasps) month. And I couldn't, uh, you know... By this time, this is like the third, ep- this is the, uh, gonna be the third episode of the month, but it's like the first of the actual <laughs> recordings for the month that we've done. So, uh, we'll have figured out a title by now, but right now I just don't have it, but that's the gist of the month. <laughs> and, uh, I, and when we were the, putting the, together. The, the superhero sludge pile. There you go. It's definitely a candidate. <laughs> um, the... Uh, so uh, when we first started uh, talking about this, one of the first movies that popped into our heads was the one that we're unthawing today, which is 2020's Bloodshot, a super recent movie for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't. This is one of our like quickest turnarounds, turnarounds yeah. except for um, after we collided, of course. But oh like, yeah, we, we had to get on that like real quick. <laughs> Because it, it was, it was made for us. It was also one of the quickest turnarounds to go to streaming because they lost so much money when it went to theaters because of COVID and bad marketing that they just immediately said, no, put it on demand, put it on demand, because they had to make some money back. And it has never left on demand because nope. we had to get stars free trials to watch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Before, and all of the luminaries it. isn't out yet, so I don't know how I'm going to watch that, so 
Fuck you, stars. I always hate that whenever it's like, oh, I just want to rent it and just see what it's like. Oh, no, you got to buy it. It's it's almost like a bookie like demanding their payments. It's like, really? It's- I don't mind it if it's like a recent movie. Like I, I wouldn't mind it if it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's also fair. I don't yeah. think no, nothing is I haven't actually uh broken Oh. There you go. I haven't actually broken um the $20 rental uh 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 sort of tab yet for anything. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been anything that I'm like I need to see so bad that I'm willing to pay $20 to see it at home. Yeah, I haven't done uh, that either. No. Yeah, me but either. I almost came close with Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. I, got, I came this close. That's a very CJ one. To, like, it's a oh. very CJ one. Come close with. Uh, oh, it, uh, the, 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 the special cameo that like got ruined for me on uh, on Twitter was Reba McIntyre. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, that's funny. I was just watching Tremors the other day. <laughs> Um, because, uh, we, 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 in this house, we stand un- unproblematic white auntie Reba the McIntyre, but that's yeah, not my who dad's we're talking met her. about. But do you Have own... I told you that, CJ? <laughs> but do you own Tremors? I do own Tremors. There you I go. Own, good, good. <laughs> I, I own a box set of all four of the original Tremors movies. Four? There's I like wanted... eight of those things. I know that there's eight now, <laughs> but when I got this box set, there were only four, and I only wanted the one, but it was the only way I could get it. <laughs> so... Aftershock is okay. Two is okay. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's, that, that one's fine. But uh, we're actually not here to talk about Reba McIntyre and Tremors. We're here to Damn. talk about the movie Bloodshot mm. and uh, to unthought with us like very excitingly I uh, we have a podcaster and a Bloodshot cosplayer Jesse Fresco hey Jesse thank you for being here I'm happy to be here my last time talking about this movie for those that don't never, know never like, say never someone's gonna come along and you're gonna be like I've got more feelings <laughs> <laughs> we, we, uh, the other show I'm on is uh, the Film Rescue Show, where we take movies that were bad or disappointing and we pitch a new version, a better version. And um, Micah, you were on discussing the host with us last year, and I will not forgive Sorry. you for that. Uh, but yeah, um, I did a Bloodshot repitch back in March, like I think like two weeks after it came out, something like that. It was very because it went right to on demand like right away. Uh, so I was able to do it. We don't do films that are in theaters. So right after it dropped on On Demand, we were able to watch it again. And I did my pitch, and that got very positive response from the fan community of Valiant. And they were like, oh, yeah, why didn't they do that? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, um, the movie that we got um, is a doozy, and there's a lot to talk about. So, Micah, do you have the Rotten Tomato score and consensus pulled up? I do. So the score is 30%. And the critics' consensus is Bloodshot gives Vin Diesel a solid opportunity to indulge in old-school action that should satisfy fans, even if the end result is a, is disappointingly mediocre. <laughs> when your best reviews are rising to the level of mediocrity, you have a serious problem. And well, I feel like it's like it should satisfy fans. Like, fans of what? Vin Diesel well, or Bloodshot? I, I'm a fan. Because... Because there's a there's a discrepancy there. Yeah, that that's a very that's a very broad stroke of the fans. Fans of what? Um. Okay. So th- there's a few things to sort of jump into. First, being the fact that this movie only exists because Fast and the Furious is going to end sometime soon. They have two and more movies in the tank, and then they're done. 
and and Vin Diesel wants like more stuff to do. Yeah. But like I was actually pretty excited when I first heard about this movie coming out because I don't I I never really read uh, Valiant comics. Mm. I think I read is is Exo Man of War? Yes. Valiant. That's their okay. flagship character. Okay, so I remember reading some Exo Man of War when I was in college mm. uh, because I used to review comic books for an Australian blog in another life, um, and the uh, and I when I heard about the movie coming out, I was like, okay, yeah, because I, I was kind of tired of seeing, you know. Uh, Marvel can get a little monotonous and uh, DC um, seems to only think that the same five characters exist. So <laughs> I want to just, I, I want there to like be a funnel for new things to sort of like uh, come in and, and, and make waves. And I was like, Valiant is a brand new uh, property to most people that's going to be really fun hopefully they can you know build that out and, and do um, and, and make it a hit and what I ended up getting was like the virtuosity of 2020 oh like, that's being it, that's, that's being heartful of virtuosity I like that movie well, well, in in that like in the '90s, there were a, you would just see a lot more than you see now. Yeah. Of like guys or or actors just in random action sci-fi things, like yeah. That and now all of that is all of that energy is being funneled into franchises yeah. and young adult mm. novel adaptations and things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is sort of a, a a bygone filmmaking of or at least big screen filmmaking of yesteryear because anything like this would nowadays, uh, especially if it's not like. Uh, a part of like some larger property would end up on VOD. And that was the big thing. It felt like a VOD movie, but not, I've been watching VOD movies a lot over the past year. That's sort of been a new space. I've discovered some really cool shit in. Yeah. I'm never and, going back to a theater. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think that, um, I think that this is really, really like flavorless and kind of dull and it was disappointing to me yeah. because mm -hmm. i'm like oh these people who really love this character who's been around for for quite some time mm. um get to see their character but they don't get to see their character they just get to see vin diesel oh no you see him for about one minute five seconds at the end of the movie yeah i remember <laughs> thinking i was like oh that's a cool look he should have looked great like that. if he looked like that the whole movie, like he is in the <laughs> comics. Yeah. So it, it, is it he like the gray-skinned guy the entire time in the comics? Yes. Yes. Okay. He can. Cool. One of his abilities in the comics is he can shapeshift. Mm. He can change his appearance. In the original mm. '90s run from Kevin Van Hook, uh, Bob Layton, and Don Perlin, um, Kevin Van Hook co-created the character. I've met Kevin. He's a very nice guy. Um, good writer as well, and he's also a filmmaker now in L.A. Um, they originally, when you see him on some pages, he would look normal and human, but then he'd go into combat mode and his, his skin would shift and it would change to mm -hmm. white with the red eyes. Um, in the 2012 relaunch, he's just white skin the entire time. Okay. It completely looks, he looks, I think they refer to him as the white devil at times. He, he escapes down to a South American country and he's just hiding out from the people that are hunting him down. And this random village calls him the white devil because he's hiding out in the jungle. Mm -hmm. So... He has 
an interesting look. It's like taking that away. It's like Batman showing up without his suit and the and the bat symbol, or the Punisher not having the skull on his shirt. Like it's what defines him. And also in the books, mm-hmm. he's mostly shirtless. He almost never wears a shirt because it's meant to look like big, tough guy, macho action stuff from like Predator mm-hmm. or Die Hard. Mm-hmm. So when you and take I that th- away, it's like, what is it really still the character? I think adaptations can work that that don't necessarily use the iconic look. Like I, my first thought is look at the um, CW TV shows. Look at the like Legend, well, of, Legend of Tomorrow. Like none of those characters wear their outfits anymore. And then like the, I was thinking like season one of Daredevil. Um, oh, and then yeah, like yeah. the latter half of season three, he doesn't have the like he gets the outfit at the end of season one eventually. But I think season one is the strongest season. So I, I've seen it done. Yeah. Well, but that is because you lean into other things that are super iconic yeah. about the character. And I don't know that this did that. And, and like, take, for example, you brought up Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow features a lot of characters that a lot of people don't particularly know or have strong yeah. attachments to. Mm-hmm. And, like, and they're five seasons deep. And it started as, like, a very serious Doctor who DC sci-fi yeah. show. And now it's Night Court on a spaceship. So the... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Although I, I really should I, watch I, I that. I still sometime. have a massive crush on Katie Lotz. I will say, um, but it, I don't say Night Court on a spaceship to disparage the show at all. The show's hilarious. No, yeah, that's selling it. That's selling it for me. Um, but the uh, but something that I find very interesting, and I really wanted to talk to you about Jesse because again, I've I've never really read any Bloodshot. Yep. Is in terms of characterization. Um, be, because of the nature of Vin Diesel being a movie star, part of being a movie star mm-hmm. is like people expect you to sort of just be the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Uh, Friends of the Pot, Dan Purcell and Megan Lynn and I watched The Rundown last weekend. Oh, I love we The Rundown. Never, I love The Rundown. We had never seen it and we had a blast and it's got the rock in it and it was back when the rock kind of still looked like a person and not a sport utility vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look like a mountain. <laughs> and the... And because he doesn't, you know, he's not a Humvee yeah. in the movie, he gets, there's the action sequences are more creative. He gets to be a character. Yeah. Like, the characterization there is not built up in the fact that The Rock has uh, used, you know, broccoli, chicken breasts, and lots of other things to become mm. a rock face. <laughs> um, but, like, it is, it, it is, he gets to be a person. And I don't think... I can't remember the last thing that I've seen Vin Diesel in, if anything, where Vin Diesel got to play an actual character rather than himself. And I think that the movies themselves kind of suffer from that. Um, he was in... There was a movie, I think it was from 2006, called Find Me Guilty. It was an actual acting role. Um, I can't, he played a mobster that defended himself in court. I can't remember the, the guy's name. Oh, I've seen the poster for that. Yeah, I would always get that mixed up with my cousin Vinny because I I never seen either <laughs> one of them. Totally I never different. seen either one of them, and I know they're very different now. But yeah. like, yeah. But Find Me Guilty is actually a pretty good film. He was actually being a character. He was he was acting. Um, but then he jumps into the Fast and the Furious. He returns to that. He does more Riddick movies. He does. He also had a string of these franchise non-starters. We've coined a term on Film Rescue. Uh, 
instead of a blockbuster, they're called blunderbusters. Big, <laughs> boisterous, bold, overblown franchise non-starters like Babylon AD. Which we've the, done for the show. Uh, <laughs> the Pacifier, The Last Witch Hunter. Oh, I the, like The Pacifier. <laughs> like whatever you like. <laughs> like what you like. But... These are films that are meant to sort of start a big franchise, and they just don't. They get bad reviews, critics don't like them, and they don't make any money, and the franchise kind of just stops at one movie. The Mummy 2017 or uh, The Three Musketeers in 3D, uh, Pan from 2015. These are are blunderbusters. They're meant to start a franchise, and they don't. What would a, a pacifier franchise? Uh, he has to go I'm, to a. He has to run a daycare center. Yeah, he's he he'd just be like Mad Max, but every movie instead of going to some different war torn part of the post apocalyptic world, he just finds more kids in need of a father figure. It's not a, like he's it's, just it's, it's, Pacifier Two would be the Kindergarten Two movie. That's what it would be. <laughs> just the Pacifier daycare. is even, even um, though there is a Kindergarten. It, there's a, no, it's a uh, Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten Cop. Even though there is a Kindergarten Cop too. <laughs> It's my uh, it's my Vin Diesel blind spot. I haven't actually seen the pacifier. Yeah, now s- I'm now I'm not certain if I should. I'm I getting say I'm skip- getting mixed messages. <laughs> I say skip it. CJ says see it. Flip a coin. There you go. <laughs> it's on Disney Plus. <laughs> oh, just, just, I'll end up watching it eventually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that a Fox movie that got bought up? No, uh, pacifier was Disney, I believe. Wow. <laughs> I'll get depressed one night and need. <laughs> Some new Vin Diesel content, and I'll watch it. Uh, so um, the movie itself starts with um, our favorite guy, the aforementioned, what did we call him in the Babylon The Little Debris Zebra Cake of Actors. Yeah. And then... What? We did, we he's did delicious, last but he's not nutritional. Okay. <laughs> it, I think it, that... Um, it does lead a lot of credence, lend a lot of credence, I should say, to the notion that there wasn't a ton of care taken with the aesthetics of Bloodshot as a property, it seems like. At least from the pictures that I've seen, the other cosplay and stuff, including yours, Jesse, that I've seen, uh, that it the movie is sort of like this sort of generic thing that is ostensibly about Bloodshot, yeah. Um, but isn't really there. It's kind of an origin story a little bit, sort of? The, uh, yeah. So we start with uh, Vin Diesel as uh, Ray Garrison. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yes, that's, Ray yes. Garrison. That's his character's name from the relaunch version, not the 90s version. His ah, name in the 90s okay. was Angelo Mortali. Do you get it? Angel of Death. Yep. That's very clever. Well done. <laughs> I like puns. <laughs> um, I like good puns. <laughs> and, and he is um, in, uh, you know, one of those countries that are in the movies that are always yellow or gray. Oh, yeah. We've, and, we've coined a term on Film Rescue. We, uh, it's called the shithole filter. Get, mm-hmm. uh, Donald Trump, those shithole countries like kenya any african nation mexico they always have like a yellow green filter over top of them to show you that it's dark and it's desperate and it's filled with poverty and crime and war it's like i'm pretty sure that it doesn't look like that here's my deal with this opening scene Mm -hmm. um 
I'm never in the mood for American militaristic propaganda. Mm. I'm super not in the mood for geographically and historically inaccurate American militaristic propaganda. Oh, yeah. here you go. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're already starting at a negative and you just keep digging. Yeah. So like the I watched this with the subtitles on because I have been friends with CJ for a long time now, so that's a thing that I do now. Um <laughs> <laughs> and, I, I always watch the subtitles because I'm hard of hearing these days. Plus, my air conditioner is like really fucking loud in this loft, so it'll <laughs> kick on, and then all of a sudden, I have to like turn the volume up like ten clicks. So just and Vin Diesel talks so, like this all the time. His voice oh, is a very yeah, low the, register; it's hard to hear. We'll get to the um, sound mixing later on. <laughs> so the first subtitle that that Amazon did because I watched this on Amazon Prime with the Stars subscription add-on that I had to sign up for that I'm going to cancel probably after we record this episode so that I don't forget and get charged yeah. like 20 bucks for something that I well, don't want. Well, hey, you could watch American um, Gods now that it's canceled. It's only three seasons. You have an endpoint. Oh, I've got a week. Um, <laughs> the first subtitle is you hear you hear um, a bit of music and the subtitle indicates that it's an Islamic call to prayer. Which I'm like, oh, good. We're just setting the scene right up. Uh-huh. And um, the the characters that um, are that live in this country that you see are all speaking Farsi. Farsi, yeah. Um, we're not actively at war in Iran and have not had a ground war in Iran um, ever. And well, also, um, is it supposed to be Kenya? Is it? I think it's supposed to be no. It's Mombasa. It's Mombasa. Where's Mombasa? In Kenya. <laughs> so yeah, okay. In Kenya. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they don't speak Farsi in Kenya. So were these just supposed to be Iranian nationals running this? Like, why? I mean, the first I, issue I think... of the 2012 run has him airdropped. He halo jumps into Afghanistan, and he kills members of Al Qaeda. Well, they're not Iranian either. Iran pretty famously uh, well, um well also the not. way in which he gets in is that they <laughs> blow him up with a missile and then his dead body is is dragged in on a slab and then he regenerates and he kills all the al qaeda terrorist cells that he breaks in and kills them from the inside but the the trojan oh. horse sequence in this movie which makes no sense and we'll get to that uh they do that in the first issue of that book and it's way more interesting far more so interesting. there's a history of this character as a yes. as a tool of this of yeah. the, this fictional he, comic book universe's yeah. version of the War on Terror. He's more of like a Blackwater type in the relaunch version. Oh, love that. Yeah. Um, well, that's oh. why, that's why he breaks out and he goes he goes up against all the people that that used him and he kills all of them. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So like either black, way, like a Blackwater f- operative realizing he's a horrible person and then making amends for it. The film is giving me from the start geographic and cultural inaccuracies that are um not great (laughs) so that was why that was my headspace going into this after standing in line with a grade a karen for like 45 minutes at the pharmacy (laughs) i sit down at home and i was like this is where we start so i have to say i it goes up from there a bit does it We'll get there. Well, okay. Yeah. So he's in this town performing a rescue mission. Um, and uh, he rescues the guy and is able to go back home 
his lovely wife in their uh, in their in in their um, fancy apartment off the Amalfi Coast, and which is a long ways away from where they were. I mean, but, first off, like a, a standard operative could not afford that. I know. I mean, I know it's all a dream. I know it's all in his head. But there's not a single part of him that's kind of like, how did I afford this? This one I'll give him because his wife could have money. Well, but, but is his wife a character though? No. There you go. But and the other problem is, but, but, no, but that's a plot will, hole that I will allow. <laughs> one, one thing I will point out is that the there is supposed there is a companion book to the 2012 run of Bloodshot called Harbinger, which was written by Joshua Dysart. Those two books directly connected to each other. And the one connection that they have in the film is the car they drive, the 1968 Ford Mustang. That's the car from Harbinger. That's the one connection. The problem here is that if the Bloodshot movie feels like it's kind of empty, it's because the rights to the Harbinger universe were sold off to Paramount mid-production. Oh. So if the film looks like it's lacking a lot of stuff, like why does Bloodshot exist? Why'd they build him? It's because there was supposed to be an end credits cameo from the main villain of Harbinger, and that was going to reveal, oh, that's what Bloodshot was made for, to kill the main villain of Harbinger. They, they sold had it to, to they Paramount? Sold to Paramount. What's Paramount going to do with it? Okay. The- <laughs> it's prob- Likely the nothing, because this, this didn't movie, make any money. Yeah, considering the reception of this film, is probably dead. Um, but, uh, yes. Uh, but he has a wonderful night with his lovely wife, and then he wakes up, and uh, the nice, like, goldish lighting and stuff that was going on when he was just speaking to his wife in that voice of his that kind of sounds like an old lady at a slot machine chain smoking for, like, 24 hours. Uh, I think he is a smoker, as far as I'm aware. Um, but, uh, all of that's gone. It's back to like the sort of like grays and the blues because folks are invading the house and who's invading the house, but mercenaries. And he, uh, takes two of them out with like knockout pins. (laughs) There's like these EpiPens that like, you're just like, (laughs) he just keeps stabbing people with. Tranquilizer darts. Tranquilizer darts. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I guess It'd be and great if w- I had some context for what was happening in the scene. But- uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of him like, like crushing people's heads into toilets and stuff like that. And then he like runs out to try and find his wife. Yeah. Uh, and then he is uh hit with the trank dart by Toby Kebbell. <laughs> I would like to talk about Toby Kebbell for a second. Well, before you do, uh, I'd like to say on Film Rescue we have coined a term for an amalgam human being. Uh, is it Toby Kebbell? So we we re- <laughs> we've referred to this amalgam human as these very charisma-free actors that are not good as leading men or can't lead a scene. And uh, the the Jai Courtney's of the world. Yeah. Yes, and we refer to the the name has continued to get longer and longer and longer as we find more and more people. We refer to thus far the name is Jivanich Kinnamington Bill Woodland. <laughs> and when all of these Goodness. men star in one movie together, that will be the singularity that destroys the human race. <laughs> so we have Jai Courtney, Joel Kinnaman, Sam Worthington, Toby Kebbell, Vin Diesel, Scott Eastwood, Taylor Kitsch, 
and Garrett Headland. Jivanich, yeah. Kidding Tilbo Woodland. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, the yeah, there is this sort of class of people who came around. Sam Worthington, we know from Clash of the Titans and, and Avatar. Mm. And what's his character's uh, name in Avatar? Jake Sully, because I like Avatar. So God damn it! <laughs> there was a video on YouTube where, so, where somebody somebody went around. Uh, I think it was Venice Beach, California. There's a video of this on YouTube. Somebody went around Venice Beach, California, with a thousand dollars and was finding random people and asking them, "Can you name a character from Avatar? If you do, you get a thousand dollars." Nobody walked away with any of the money. <laughs> I would have been eating good then. <laughs> Because <laughs> I like Avatar, and his name is Jake Sully, and I can tell you lots of stuff. Guess who's supposed to be an Avatar too? Vin Diesel. Oh, oh no! <laughs> yes, guys, I'm gonna have to watch Avatar. Yes, it's an Avatar too. I missed Avatar, not intentionally. I'm sure I've talked about this on the show before. It's just one of those things that I just like didn't catch at the time. Uh, and I've been to like the Avatar world in Disney World in yeah. Animal Kingdom and it was just a very surreal like well that's neat. Have you seen Fern Gully? I mean yes. I've seen Fern Gully then, and I've then, seen then Pocahontas seen and I've I've heard the, the jokes. You, you've seen you've seen it. <laughs> I was I've been waiting for I what I'm waiting for is for it to get re-released on the big screen uh before the new ones come out so that I can see it properly on the big screen cuz everybody says that's like that the is way, the way to see the it. way the I correct have, way to appreciate I, the effects. Yeah, I own I own Avatar and I have only watched it at home once, but yeah. I'm first in line to see it in the theater again. I uh, that was I saw it in theaters like four times. I was very uh, <laughs> I, I I was very taken away by because it's very immersive. The world is it looks really great. well built. It looks it great. It looks really good. The story is very archetypal and stuff like that, but it is made well because James Cameron just happens to be a very good filmmaker. So like it is, Mm. yeah, I, I am a, I am, I am an avatar, not apologist. I'm an avatar defender. defender. Yeah. The uh, flight simulator ride that goes with it at Disney world is full stop. The best Mm. flight simulator I've ever ridden. And I'm not a flight simulator fan. I get extremely motion sick and and they make me want to puke every time, Mm. but I will ride that again when I inevitably go back to Disney world. It's fucking fantastic. The visuals are stunning and Disney world knows how to make a ride, but, but we are anyway, (laughs) We are so far away from what started this tangent. Let's bring it back. Toby Kebbell. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about Toby Kebbell because he's a handsome guy and I'd watch a movie. He was really good him. in that one episode of Black Mirror. He was really good in that episode. That of was Black a good Mirror. episode. That was the first thing I ever remember really noticing him in. Yeah. And then he he just start popping up in in like smaller roles and things. He was He's um, not a leading man. He's not he, a leading he, man. He isn't. He he made he doesn't get a lot of credit because obviously you can't like see his face and they make a lot of, um, uh, there's a big deal made about Andy circus as, uh, Caesar in those movies, but he's Koba, the, uh, the sort of evil ape in the first two of those rebooted planet of the apes movies. And he's very good there. He, um, was, um, also Dr. Doom in that failed fantastic four remake. Fan four stick. Which he, you there's know, a movie he did with I think it was Guy Ritchie called Rock and Rolla. He's quite good in that. CJ, have I, I seen Fan Four Stick? I, I don't. I don't, don't, know. don't. It would have been with you, is why. <laughs> oh no, me and Harold. Oh, okay. Have you made it? me watch it? 
No, because me okay, and Rhodes no. went to go see it in theaters, and there's a, like there's a lot of stuff that's wrong with it. None of which I think is Toby Kebbell's fault, but like the, no, like Kate it's... Mara plays the Invisible Woman, and there's this one scene where like you could really tell the reshoots because oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. got like she's got her blonde hair and everything, and yeah. she's like speaking to someone, and then there is a shot reverse shot where they they cut to the person she's speaking to, and it cuts back to her. And now she's got like on one of these like Sonny Anderson from the Food Network wide old wigs. Yeah, it was Justice League <laughs> before. It was Justice League before Justice League. And I was it's like, it's that bad. It's that bad. Uh, and you know me and wigs and movies. Mm-hmm. I they, I I need them to work, and they and this didn't, and it really yeah. frustrated me. <laughs> but the and it's my most vivid <clears throat> memory of the Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> but the um. With Toby Kebbell, I he's one of those pers- people that I'm always rooting for. In terms of that big list that y'all have over at Film Rescue, very few of those people are. Am I like, oh, yeah, like I'm I'm rooting for that guy. He just needs the right thing. We gave Sam Worthington so many things. We've given <laughs> John Courtney so many things. Taylor Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch is very good in a movie called Savages with Aaron Taylor, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Blake Lively. I've heard uh, of it. I've not seen it. And I hear that he's really good in the like Waco series as well. He plays David Koresh so. in the Waco series. Not, not Those people, it. people like does that he play David? Oh. Does he play David Koresh? Mm-hmm. Yes, he sure does. does. Oh damn! <laughs> he looks great. I mean, when I say he looks great, he does not look attractive. He looks like David Koresh. He looks like a cult leader. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, Toby Kebbell's one of those people who I'm just like, if they, if they got, he got his hands on like the right thing, maybe. But like, he always pops up in stuff like this, and it's very disappointing. They tried to give him a little something to do where they started playing the talking heads, and he's dancing oh, yeah, while yeah, yeah. threatening to kill his wife and stuff like that. But I was like, and then he just sort of goes. Uh, well, well, we'll we'll get there. But the. Um, uh, Before we he, skip over it, I liked the little dance to the talking heads. I thought it was fun, but also <clears throat> menacing. It's the only <laughs> shot in the movie that's not shaking. I'll give it that. Even the shots that are completely composed within a computer are shaking. It's, oh it's incredible. It's, it's, <laughs> I thought the dancing was a nice touch. To the director, Dave Wilson, dollies and sticks and steady cams exist. I promise. They yeah, exist. Also, also, Vin Diesel's the producer on this. He really got this whole thing going, and maybe it's he's probably he the wanted, reason why they got all the creative money. Con- yeah, it's probably because he he wanted a little bit more creative control to fit the character more to himself. Uh, I but think like, if, I think what if he just... had like got like Rennie Harlan to direct this or something like that? That would have. I I think I maybe it was just because originally in 2015 when they said they were going to do the film, guess who was supposed to direct it? The John Wick guys. Oh, okay. I was like, Rennie Chaz Stahelski <laughs> and David Leitch were at one point attached to this. That would have been great. That would have been good. That they may have, have seen the, They may have seen the script and said no. Yeah, the script. It ain't honestly good. like it, it, it's it, not it, great, and it doesn't. I'm trying to. I was now. I'm wondering if it isn't giving Vin Diesel much to do, and that's why he's not great. Or if it doesn't give him much to do because it assumes he won't be great. And so it's trying to minimize his lines as much as possible. I'm not sure which. Possibly both. Because, I mean, the writer of this film was Eric Heiserer, who is an 
Oscar, did he? I think he was nominated or he won for Arrival, the Denny Villeneuve he, film he, Arrival. He adapted Arrival from Ted Yeah, Chan did he win the Oscar film. for that or did he just get nominated? I can't remember. I'm not sure. I've met him before. But I know he was nominated. Yeah, super nice guy. He actually is working with Dinesh Amdasani, the producer of this, who used to run Valiance. Um, he is. He just set up a new comics company called Bad Idea, and they just released um, some new comics to the market, and they're absolutely fantastic. They're some of the best things I've read recently. And Eric Heiser is writing a new book for them. So he's okay. still in tight with Dinesh, and they're still working together. I think that it may have been studio meddling and Vin Diesel interrupting production, possibly, because if Vin Diesel's the guy getting you the money, that basically means he's kind of in charge. Yeah. I mean, I don't know this. This is just, this is just, uh, you know, what's, um, what's the word of, uh, speculation, speculation. I don't know for sure, but it just Uh, feels like the script, Vin Diesel's not a very good actor and they're trying to cater to him to not have him do very much. It's like, I, I remember saying um, in my Bloodshot episode on Film Rescue, I said, if The Rock is our generation's Arnold Schwarzenegger, then Vin Diesel is our generation's Chuck Norris. Huh. Because... Maybe that's a good... Because Chuck Norris, whenever he was asked to do, like, any of the ninja movies he would do with canon films, and they'd have to cover his face, he would say, no, I don't want to do that. I am, Vin Di- I, I am Chuck Norris. Do not cover my face. People have to see my face. And so Vin Diesel, he doesn't look white for the entirety of the film. He just looks like Vin Diesel. He doesn't look like the character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing it's just it's just him. So I don't know if it's laziness or ego or what, but it, it bothered me to hell seeing yeah. him on screen because he does not fit this character. It, it, well, what ends up happening is they fridge his wife, they kill his wife, and, and I hate I hate th- that bullshit. I absolutely cannot stand that bullshit. I and hate <laughs> I hate the fridging of the girlfriend or the wife or the wife gets raped like in the first act to motivate the main character to do something. I fucking can't stand the misogyny. It is it is misogyny. Like yeah, the woman was... is there as a tool to get the movie moving. Like you couldn't come up with anything else. I hate that shit so much, and I want that on record. I hate it so <laughs> goddamn much. <laughs> Uh, continue. What you were saying, yeah, Michael? I was, I was more, um, I was definitely mad about it. I was like, oh, Christ, this is so, like, Here we original. go again. I didn't know anything about this. And um, that doesn't happen in the comics, by the way. Com- yeah, and I didn't know anything about it or where it was going, so I did not see the twist of none of that being real and it mm. all just being a simulated memory coming. So I was like, oh, good twist. Mm. You, want a fu- uh, because- you want a really fucked up twist? He kills his own wife in the comic. Mm, don't like that. Well, um, I like it's, this. they institute a, he escapes when his memory cap breaks and he gets, he finds his wife and she's together with him. And right after they sleep together one time, they institute like a, like a red alert protocol and his brain snaps into autopilot, kills his wife, and then just walks back to the Project Rising Spirit facility. Mm, yep, so, and then like they that. wipe his memory again. So he doesn't even know that he, A, had a wife. Or B that his wife is dead, I or prefer, that he killed her. Yeah, I prefer this where they're like, we're making you think that you're we're fridging your wife, but then later it, they they 
they turn the trope around and know they didn't fridge the wife. The wife is mm. still alive and well and has her own autonomy and made her own decision to leave a situation she wasn't happy with and has her own family. And he just leaves her alone and she just gets yeah. to live her life like, oh, my ex-husband popped back for a second. He was kind of weird, but whatever. I'm going to go play with my kids. So that Kind of like the comics. Helped. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, that definitely helped. Yeah. And it turns out that like, yeah, like you said, no one actually killed his wife. They're just using the idea of someone killing his wife to yeah. implant a different person's face on there so he'll go out and kill that person. Which is the so, way the comics work. They implant fake memories to motivate him to fight. Like, emotionally, he has to be invested. Otherwise, the fake memories don't stick in his brain. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense. Uh in like a loose sense of the, of the comics, but when you try to get into the details of the film, it really doesn't hold a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah, and like the conceit, I think, goes on a little too long. There's too yeah. much of him going under. Yeah. There's too much of him yeah. being in the middle of it. We see too many different versions of that scene. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like they thought that maybe it was like a rule of threes thing, but then I was just like, I don't understand where this is going. Yeah. Also, I don't really understand why they necessarily needed him to do these things when they also have old boy from Outlander. <laughs> who's just super jazzed to be doing all kinds of dare and do. Did you guys and we that? never get... I wanted so much more for Sam Hewen in this movie. Yeah. Um, one, he's oh, so pretty. And two... Um, I've seen the man act. He could have been, he, they could have, like, he given him more, and the film <laughs> Why does he hate Bloodshot? Why does he do anything that he does? Why is he so jazzed for evil? Like, if you're going to be jazzed for evil, like, you're a villain, fam. Like, go for it. I love a bit of glee in my villains, yeah. you know? But I would like to know why. <laughs> like, beyond just his iffy american accent and yeah. ball cap that he puts on when he's about to be really bad yeah you know the, like uh, the novelization the novelization of the film actually which is based on an early version of the script that group that he's with is called chainsaw which is from the comics but they are way more fucked up looking like they have like surgically implanted like cybernetics all over their bodies they have like saw blades coming out of their arms they, they look like weird mutants kind of thing they look like uh, what are the characters that live underground in the X Men universe? The Warlocks, the Mor the Morlocks, I think is what they are. Yeah, they look kind of like that. The um, Morlocks. I think that's what they're called. The are they like Are they like Warlocks, but more? No, yes, they're just like <laughs> mutants that live underground. I think it, it's like, like mole that. people, like Warlocks, but moles. Oh no! I think something like that. There's one that's called Maggot that's just a girl that has, like, two maggots as her pets. That's weird. I can just smell a bad pun in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> but anyways, like, the character in the... none of the, the only characters from the book that are used in the movie are Bloodshot, and Isaac Gonzalez's character is based on the medic from the first three story arcs, and uh, the Harding character is based on Kuratich, but the name has changed. That's it. Everybody else is new. So yeah, Sam Hewen's character, like, in the book, in the novelization, it says that he mm -hmm. wanted to – he was a willing participant. He's like, yeah, give me the nanites. I'll be the new bloodshot. Because apparently there was one before that. 
that's never mm. covered in the movie. <laughs> so you have a willing participant. Why do you have to go through all these hoops to get this guy to implant new memories? Oh, they did give us a little bit where they were like, we've tried this before and you're the first person who's actually come back. Yeah. In the in the um, comics, it's it's said that they've actually been doing this program since World War One. There's there's a story called Bloodshot Island where he ends up on this training facility where that's like, there's like a, a, v, a World War Two version, there's a Vietnam version, a Cold War version, and a Persian Gulf version, and him, and he has a dog, named Bloodhound. Does, that's is the is the dog white with red spots? Yes. <gasps> <laughs> yes, it's great. Oh my! It, like, why do they not use any of That's this? That's my favorite kind of thing. Why I do really they not like use any pets. of this? You know, I really enjoy stuff like that, like super pets. As anybody who follows me on Twitter knows, that I have been begging Warner Brothers to let me write a Streaky the Super Cat movie. <laughs> quite the fact that I know what that is is just hilarious. That's great. Just let him do it, guys. Just let me do it. It's it'd be so fun. We can get yeah. Jason Manzukis to be streaky. It's great. The um <laughs> But yeah, there's no reason why you can't just give Sam Hewen the nanites. There's no reason. Yeah. There's uh, there was no reason why Sam Hewen couldn't just have been bloodshot in this thing. But He the... looks like the character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but he's there. There's also other, uh, other like sort of various and sundry supporting players, including Lamorne Morris as uh, Wiggins. Yeah. Now, um, I know that you probably have a problem, but uh. I also uh, I'm talking specifically to Micah because Micah has an accent thing. Go ahead. Two questions. <laughs> just two. Two accent-related questions. Okay. Um, that actor, Wiggins' actor, is American. Yes, he is. Why did yeah, he need girl. to be so British? Because However. They, because they set the movie in... Where the hell does this movie take place in? <laughs> where is it? So many places. That's Jesse. the thing. Uh, That's yeah. the thing. They don't nail down a specific location, and then the only time they do, they have people speaking the wrong language, but they're like, everyone's brown. Who will notice? And then all of the white people, they're like, nah, we need you to have these really... Well, no, he's not white. I'm, I'm, my apologies, he's black. I'm thinking San specifically. Needs to be American. And I will say... um, that Wiggins' accent is much better than Jimmy Dalton's. Sam Hewen's American accent. Um, it's not that he ever, like, falls back into Scottish that I noticed. It's just that he couldn't quite pin down the dialect he wanted to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, at least... very slow, because Europeans fancy us to be very slow talkers so he is which right. i don't think we are I don't well because we they think because they think we're dumb and unfortunately considering the events of january 6th i would say at least half the country is so you know yeah, that's fair <laughs> <laughs> um, but Le- so laborn morris you know it's over the top it's yeah. unnecessary it is at least from what i could tell consistent but but he also has the benefit of being the single point of like fun in the movie. Yeah, he's and the only I don't think he was really feels like a character. I wish they had someone who knows how to write comedy write his lines because I could tell the movie wanted me to think he was funny most of the time. 
I didn't actually think he was funny, but the actor's got a lot of natural charisma and that got him pretty far with me. And he is the only fun part of Mm -hmm. the movie other than Sam Hewen's occasional glee at just doing evil there. He's in, he's good in other stuff. He was good in a movie called game night. Have you seen game night? I love he's Game Night. Very good in Game Night. He's Night's so good in Game Night. On ga- yeah. He's great on New Girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not Denzel uh, Washington. <laughs> Sorry, and, babe, you didn't sleep with Denzel. <laughs> um, but the uh, but you know other characters include um, Sam Ewan's um, Black Dalton. friend, whose name is Tibbs. Oh, Tibbs. Is he a character? Tibbs. <laughs> He's got is- a partner named Tibbs who is there just to be battle starred out of the picture. Why was he why was he not called why was he not called Mr. Tibbs? I Yeah, was, if you're gonna do it, just go full blown. Just do it, yeah. I was yeah. so mad when they killed him off because I was like more than halfway expecting him to join up with our girl KT. Yeah. And and because he like was definitely not feeling the glee that Sam Hewen was feeling. Yeah. And um, he just also, yeah, he just seemed uncomfortable with the whole thing. And I was like, all right, then, you know, join up with Kate. I fully expected him to do that. And he didn't. He just got killed off, uh, which I was irritated by. It would have given him something to do because what's his character? Like the 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 other black guy besides Wiggins in the movie, what is the what does he do? What is his personality? He's, he's just Jimmy Dalton's uh, partner, and yeah, and they don't Jimmy, give him anything to do. And also, like, if he's gonna be Jimmy Dalton's partner, why doesn't he get a cool superpower implant mutant thing? Yeah, like he's that would have made the the climax a lot more exciting. They state mm-hmm. that he's a sniper, right? Why is he a sniper that doesn't snipe? Why didn't he do any sniping? <laughs> I didn't even notice Why? that he was a sniper. He, they say he's a, he was a he was a sniper and he got his his uh his eyes got uh damaged by an IED. Why is he not He has that And implant. now he's got like super cool like cybernetic eyesight. Why we should have got to see yeah. him do some sniping. It, God if damn I it. Could, if I could just plug my pitch from my bloodshot version for a second. When I redid my version of Tibbs, I made him into, like, the Predator, where he has a shoulder-mounted sniper rifle, and he's able to use his eyesight to look around and just, like, snipe guys off of a rooftop, like, super fast. That's his power. He doesn't have to move to be a sniper. Like, why didn't they do that? They the also in here he's got some knives. <laughs> and by the way, they, KT but, but, also but he has uses a super knives. Cool power. He uses knives in the elevator, but didn't they just show you that they have a really cool anti-nanite gun in the previous scene? Why didn't they pull that back out? Yeah, I just <laughs> they need nobody has an answer. And we haven't really talked about KT much. Yeah. Um I she also had a really cool power like just being like with power? the like she is immune to um like inhalable stuff so like all of those like neat gas tins that she's got like she would be like impervious to chemical weapons but and I would stuff say like it's that not a power I'd say it's more of a weakness because Harding is able to turn that off like that well, yeah, I know that's it's got a downside, but I wish we had gotten to see her doing more cool stuff. She gets 
two action scenes. She gets, yeah. she beats up like four guys when she kidnaps, but doesn't Wiggins. And then she goes in and blows up the servers with some neat gas, like the cool explosives she could have done, like the knockout gases we could have seen her using. And then just standing surrounded by like knocked out bad guys. Like there was a lot of potential for her to do a lot of cool shit. And given that you're not making your bloodshot very dynamic, you've created some relatively dynamic tertiary, like secondary and tertiary characters. They should have used them, but they didn't. If you're going to have a main character that's this kind of blase, then you have to have secondary characters to support them, to elevate them. Why are all four of these people not going out at the same time? Why send just this one guy? You have a sniper, you have a ground you have a ground guy for with Jimmy Dalton, you have the tank, Bloodshot, and then you have the stealthy person with KT. Why are they not all going out at the same time? You'd be in. It'd be interesting if they're like during that scene where they had to take out Toby Kebbell or something like that. There were more guards or something, and they yeah. all had to team up and do that. But there was not a scene like that. And, and you I wouldn't have to change more. his memories at all. You could just say like, "Oh yeah, we'll all go out together." Like, "Yeah, go with me. Let's take care of this." Like, because there's, there's literally... no sense of betrayal or anything like that yeah. when it comes to the yeah. other people on the team. They don't yeah. work together because they don't work together. When they tried it, when they had the betrayal, it's like, so what? Yeah, it would. They should have spent less time with that really extended first act before we know that they're creating those memories within him. Mm. Trim that a little bit and give us more time with his team members so that we care about these other people. Like, you're not gonna like. There wasn't enough emotional attachment when he's riding off into the sunset with KT and Wiggins. Yeah. Like we needed, we needed more time with those two characters and. Let Sam Hewen do more of your villain stuff than your, um, you know, evil scientist dude. And just let killing him be the climax. Yeah. I mean, when I was discussing this film on the other podcast I do, obvious connections or comparisons would be things like The Terminator, RoboCop, Total Recall, even the film Upgrade, which came out a few years ago by Upgrade's Lee Winnell. fantastic. Oh, my God. I love Upgrade. Lee Winnell is fantastic. Um, if you have not seen The Invisible Man yet, go see it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, also, that came out like that. a it's month before this. <laughs> that came out. Yeah, 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 and like, and was an insanely uh, exciting start to the year uh, until the year got too exciting. Until yeah, until off. the year got a little <laughs> too exciting. Um, um, but yeah, like you, you can make comparisons to those films. Like if you watch those movies, they all kind of follow the same structure, with like. RoboCop and Total Recall. How long does it take until those guys get killed off or their memories get wiped? About a half an hour. How long does it take until the Terminator starts doing some really fucked up stuff? About a half an hour. How long does it take until the main character of Upgrade starts going after the bad guys that killed his wife? And but that's one movie that does do the kill the wife thing appropriately mm-hmm. in, in taste. Um, and then he gets his upgrades. About a half an hour. How long does it take in this movie? Eleven minutes. The first act of this movie is eleven minutes, and then we get the title. That's that's why that's why the middle is so long because yeah, it's <laughs> the middle it's is ninety percent of the movie. <laughs> yeah, this movie has like an eleven minute first act, an hour and twenty minute second act, and then a ten minute last act. 
<laughs> yeah, that la- that that. Before we get into the climax, though, I want to talk about the uh, complete and utter non-entity in this movie that is Guy Pierce. Why, why can't Guy Pierce get work that is not this? He's a good actor. I just He's don't know. He's a very good actor. Originally, Michael Sheen was supposed to play that role, and he dropped out for scheduling conflicts. Oh, I would have liked his. Michael he Sheen scheduled a time to read the script and he did it and then he dropped out. I guess I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Uh, which is the bummer because I really like Michael Sheen, but like also this probably would have been a waste of Michael Sheen just as much as yeah. it's a waste of Guy Pierce. Yeah, Guy Pierce is great. He's a great actor. He's he's been in some. Fa- I mean, he wasn't. He's basically reprising his character from Iron Man Three. Kind of. Yeah, it's kind of him. It, <laughs> it's it, yeah, yeah. Which is which? Except which is, he doesn't have as annoying. much charisma. This. This time, yeah, he's yeah. Kinda... I really, I really like him in Iron Man three. But the um, with yeah, he he's kind of just here to sort of be primarily antagonistic to KT, but they resolve that very quickly, and then they sort of set him up as if he's going to be a final boss, but he's taken out of commission. So like like willy-nilly and easily that it doesn't matter yeah but like in between all of those things is um the elevator (laughs) there was was actually the original ending of this movie was actually completely different the entire ending was reshot so if it looks like it's very gray and blue in the very end of the movie that's because that was reached that was reshot in vancouver that was not. That was, was not. Was it reshot? Was it not completely created in somebody's computer screen in Vancouver? Because I mean, geez. the only time the only time Vin Diesel appears as white skinned bloodshot is when it's CGI. He never actually got body painted. So yeah, <laughs> which I don't know. It's like why make the movie? Like literally, why make I, the I, movie? That's what fucking blows my mind. Like. It cost me like a three hundred dollar fee for my body painter to get painted for four days, and that's it. Why would he not do it? I just don't get it. it just that's what bugs the fuck out of me. Like, Wasn't there a thing gonna... with like there was an actor in something who had to get body painted and like fucking hated it and made them see? Jennifer was it Will Lawrence Smith in the X Men? Uh, in the X Men movies? Well, uh, they were was paying she the her one a lot that... of money? Was she the one that like refused to do it? And made like, them CGI as, didn't as like time it. went on. She started as to time, hate doing it. You can it. like literally see it in yeah. the movies that like the the it gets less and less make, efficient. It gets, in, it gets less and less intricate, and mm-hmm. and and by time the whichever one she dies in Dark Phoenix, Dark they, Phoenix. Yeah, by time they get to that one, it's literally like. So uh, it's literally like face paint and like yeah. some ornate like details and not sort of the mystique that people mm-hmm. recognize yeah. from the X-Men movies. So it's, which I'm fine with because mystique being overblown in those movies just drives me nuts. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't she's not an interesting character <laughs> prosthetics and body paint and getting airbrushed and stuff takes forever. And it's a pain in the ass. I don't blame her. Takes but... me two hours. That's bullshit. That's a long ass time to just sit like if you're doing it like every single day filming for like weeks and weeks. I don't know. Anyway, what? the elevator fight scene was <laughs> weird because it, it, it gives it you a climax weird. before. Yeah, but let's 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 go. Yeah. Let's back up a little bit. So the tunnel fight scene. <laughs> okay. So. So there's flour everywhere, right? 
Oh, yeah. It, I did enjoy it, that they, like, explained what it was because it's not immediately apparent. I was like, why the yeah. fuck is it snowing? And they were like, flour? I was like, oh, yeah. And it made sense because I, too, would be like, why the fuck am I covered in flour? But, but it also caused a problem because, like, you guys know flour is immediately flammable, right? Oh, no. I wasn't aware. Didn't. Mm. Yeah. If you throw a flare on that thing, it's going to ignite right away. Well, that would have been a cool visual. Yeah. And the other problem is that, that would have been fun. The other problem is that the only real power that's efficient for Bloodshot, besides the regeneration, is that he can basically track anybody using his nanites, and basically they use his nanites to just track Toby Kebbell's location. But why did you need the nanites to do that? The computer does all the work. Why not just send the other three guys of your, you know, military squad and just send them after him rather than the five billion dollar product? that's sitting in your hold in your basement. All you needed was to just track him by his phone. Yeah. Bloodshot is useless in this movie. This plot does not suit him at all. I don't really think it serves anyone. And that's why yeah, by no. the end, people are punching each other and you don't really know why. It's it to, is, yeah, there's no emotional investment because the plot does not serve the character's emotions. And, you know, you know uh, Jimmy Dalton goes to his look cave and he's like, guess what? Robot arms. <laughs> and the and he comes out and, and there, it, I, I just the why didn't he have like it, why didn't he have like swords or guns on those things? There's that. There's also <laughs> why he decided to sacrifice his good buddy, Mr. Tibbs. That came out of nowhere. Yeah, made no sense to me. And hate uh, your villains, no matter what. You know, I I, I guess I, I just didn't understand anybody's motivations for really anything. Uh, so we get to the climax, and they're on this elevator, and I'm just like, well, I guess it's going down. Yeah. And they go and they hit the ground. <laughs> And did you like that? Uh, they <laughs> hit the ground. Uh, and uh, he punches presumably... Jimmy Dalton harder than gravity, which is not physically possible. You know, uh, if anybody <laughs> can do it, Vin Diesel is bloodshot. Can, sure. I and uh, he gets up and then meets up with Guy Pierce, who's the and like throws one of the arms at Guy Pierce's car to stop it. And I'm like, well, okay, that's one way to do it. But Guy Pierce gets out of the car. Uh, car and grabs like a grenade gun and shoots a grenade at him and i don't know if this is a power that like bloodshot has in the comics where like he has a swirling mass of nanites around him that will dismantle mm -hmm. weapons that are coming towards him he can dissolve uh he he can use his nanites and sort of use the his willpower to control them because they all mm -hmm. are all of them are kind of connected to his brain so that's that is kind of sort of a power that he has. There's a power that he has um, uh, called the Harada Protocol. Toyo Harada is the main villain of the Harbinger series, which was supposed to be a cameo at the end of the credits that got cut because it's now been sold to Paramount. Um, so and also they're never gonna make a sequel to this. No, this is this is never getting a sequel. Um, the the power of the Harada Protocol is that Harada is like. You know how those are Omega-level mutants in the X-Men universe? Mm -hmm. That's basically what Harada is. He's an Omega-level Psyot. That's their version of the X-Men. And so Bloodshot's purpose is to hunt down and kill Toya Harada. It's these two competing companies. There's the 
Harbinger Foundation and Project Rising Spirit, not Rising Spirit Technologies. I have no idea why they changed that. Stupid changes like that just drive me nuts. I don't get it. I'm guessing PRS Guitars? I'm guessing? That's what Seth on our podcast said, but they're not a big company. I don't know why they changed it. Um, but anyways, the Harada Protocol is that Josh Dysart invented a scenario in which Bloodshot could feasibly kill Harada, which is that he emits an EMP blast using his nanites, which knocks out Harada's psychic powers, and then he runs up to him and vomits nanites into his mouth. Mm-hmm. And the nanites basically eat away at Harada from the inside. Basically, oh Bloodshot Ooh. gives Toya Harada AIDS. Mm. <laughs> and it mm. was Josh Dysart's wife that came up with this because his wife studies infectious diseases at a university. And so she was like, oh, yeah, he should totally be able to, like, poison him or give him a disease or something. And when Josh pitched this to his co-writer on that storyline, uh, Dwayne Swarzynski, and the editor on the book, Warren Simons, they said, that's absolutely dis- absolutely disgusting. We're totally going to do it. And just this one-page shot of just giant vial of blood the, that's from the that's from the the most recent version yeah that's the 90s. that's that's the 2012 like, version robot aid sounds very 90s no it's, yeah. it's from the modern version it's from the modern version but yeah it's very very graphic when it happens and uh that's kind of what those nanites can do they can kind of just it dis- disintegrate anything they touch mm-hmm. at will so that's kind of sort of a power it just makes no sense why he only uses it there. You had all this mm-hmm. knowledge the entire movie, and he only chose to use it there? Yeah, and then he just uses it for, like, a reveal to blow Guy Pierce up. Yeah. Yeah. And what, plus, the idea of, like, him shifting back to being normal-skinned at that point, well, why did he turn white in the first place? Like, I would just... <laughs> Because, like, I would assume, like, <laughs> if he's getting low on power, wouldn't he then be turning white? But then he turns back to looking human. But he looks human when he was a full power. So. I think it might have to do something with the sort of. Um, the we have. The movie's called, Blood, <laughs> movie's called Bloodshot. We got to have Bloodshot in the movie. Put Bloodshot in there somewhere. <laughs> so I, I think a lot of actors, especially when they get into these superhero roles, there's a lot of. Um, back and forth about how long they have to be in uh in costume in a way that is going to be distracting from their actual face because they are the star of the movie i know um, uh i can counter that guardians of the galaxy do you look at drax and think oh yeah that's just dave batista no i think that's drax because he's an yeah. actor <laughs> but but also but also uh, dave batista is not like a, the marquee star of Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of an ensemble piece. It's the same reason why, you know, there will never be a Batman movie that's just Batman. Like, because, you know, they do those animated movies. Yeah. And you will hardly ever see Bruce Wayne in those animated movies. You'll never get anything like that in live action because the actor is a big star and they want their face to be on screen. Uh, it's the same it's the same reason why, you know, Captain America doesn't have his helmet thing on all the time. It's yeah. people they want to be seen. And I can understand or empathize with the idea of him not wanting to be like in that character makeup all the time because he would find he would fancy himself unrecognizable. However, like 
then come up with an idea that will explain why you get to just be Vin Diesel for half the movie. I mean, um, I would also, I also wouldn't be shocked if um, the studio just wanted to have Vin Diesel more visible in the film yeah. because yeah. they know that he is the draw for a lot of your um, people. His name that is over aren't... the title. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. Like showing they, up to see a Vin Diesel movie. You know. Like they know there's a lot of people that are showing up for that specific reason. Um, and then the hope is that they get drawn in by the concept and the content. And then they stay for the comic stuff. But they know a lot of people are coming for Vin Diesel and they might not come back <laughs> if yeah. they don't get Vin Diesel or if they hear that, like, it's not really Vin Diesel. You know what I mean? So I can also see it be less being him not wanting to be in makeup and just the studio being like, we know what the draw is. So that's yeah. what we're going to do. That's what annoys me about these kinds of movies is that it's just like, well, it's very committee thick. Like this is a movie made by like a, if there's anybody to blame for this film, it's not Dinesh. It's not the director, Dave Wilson. It's the nebulous. They, they mm-hmm. at the top, they in the boardroom, like, well, if we put this in, we can get an action figure. Well, if we have all these other characters, that's like a bunch of action figures. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have this, we can make market it to the Vin Diesel crowd. Let's put his name over the marquee. That's Vin Diesel Bloodshot. Like it just, it just that's the problem. Like it doesn't feel like it's really endearing to the source material. It's like let's use the source material, cannibalize it, and then make our own thing out of it, just to make a franchise. Like mm-hmm. Sony pictures have the worst track record at this point of making their own films the only one i can think of in the last like five years that i've enjoyed really thoroughly enjoyed was into the spider-verse into the spider-verse is good everything else i was a big fan of the goosebumps movie um (laughs) i think that is on the chopping block for film rescue oh no that oh i oh that sucks because i like that movie a lot that movie's very good it's got that boy from 13 reasons why who looks kind of like an alien (laughs) but the um uh in jack black is jack black in that yeah jack black's in that movie he plays rl Um, stein and that's funny uh, but uh anyway what ends up happening is uh yeah they blow guy pierce up um and, and and bloodshot along with him but he wakes up and wiggins is there accenting at him again uh, and he's like i've set you up to be a superhero yeah it's crazy he and says guess this- what kt's outside <laughs> he says that like the nanites don't need to recharge anymore so so he's god I forgot that they had to recharge in the first place by the time we got to this. They, yeah. Okay, okay. They mentioned it early on. He was like, "You." they use energy to heal you, giving me the implication that, okay, the more times he gets shot, eventually he won't get back up until yeah. someone recharges him. And that never really comes up. Occasionally, yeah. someone will look at a tablet and be like, oh, he's losing nanites. But then he sucks them all <laughs> back in. Yeah. And, and that's never a thing. And I oh, I get so annoyed when like things like that stress me out. Like, occasionally, like... The nebulous power set, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, um, okay, I watched The New Mutants last night. Oh, God, and why? I'm so sorry. 
I hadn't seen it yet. It was bad. Whatever. No shit. <laughs> but in the very beginning, the the like, you know, shit's going down. The trailer's getting... Ooh, I just hit my mic. Sorry, listeners. Um, the trailer's getting like it's on fire or something. The dad grabs the girl and she's like, wait. And she goes back and grabs something. And then it's a really long time before you see that she, what she grabbed or did she actually get it. And like minute shit like that bugs me i'm like but did she get the thing that she went back for Mm. what did she go back for did she drop it does she still have it it's like things like that and so this whole fucking movie i was stressed about when's he gonna need to recharge like i was waiting for that shoe to drop and it doesn't drop until wiggins is like i fixed the shoe yeah so that i was really annoyed about that i was like i waited for that to be a thing for this entire movie and you made it seem like it was going to be a big deal and that was one of the ways that they're like controlling him but no instead you made it that you could just restart him like a goddamn iphone and the recharging (laughs) thing was never relevant there there is the scene where they do like suck the nanites out of him and they put new nanites into him Mm -hmm. um they made it pg-13 in the movie the novelization, there's, like, saw blades that come up out of the bed and, like, chop him into tiny pieces, and they just melt him down and then just reconstitute his protein mass to make him a new person. It's so goddamn graphic. Yeah. It, yeah, like, but that's another thing we should probably get into is the rating on this movie. Um, but there's another thing. In the 2012 run, it's not electricity he needs to recharge. It's protein. So he needs like chicken and steak and beef and, you know, bacon, like any kind of meat. He needs to constantly eat so that way he can keep getting stronger again. And there's a scene, I think it's the end of the second story arc, where he's getting chopped up by Kuratich in a meatpacking plant. He's like lost both of his arms. No, he's lost one arm and both of his legs and his face has been ripped off. And he emits an EMP blast with his brain, killing everybody. And he drags himself off the conveyor belt. He can do so many things. And he sees <laughs> the cows. He sees the cows in the pens, and he goes, hi, girls. And the cow just goes, moo. Next page, he just walks out of the warehouse by himself with a couple of steaks. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> it's great. I hate it. And he gets, into the, he gets into the tank that he's driving around, and he's just like, Come on, hop in. I brought some steaks with us for the road. <laughs> oh, Horrible. dear. Like, come on. Like, That's the thing. Horrible. Like, Having the, the protein aspect gives you a time limit because you're not going to have a chicken readily available in the <laughs> battlefield. You don't carry like, chicken with you? Just Trust like me. If, not often. If, if, you know, they were just having this fight and his energy was deplenishing and, like, a literal chicken just started crossing. <laughs> <around>. <laughs> there is a scene in, I think it's the second story arc, where he literally ate a guy. There's a guy's arms that are sticking through a, a pair of prison bars, and his nanites are speaking to him, saying, If you see any meat nearby, eat it right away, because he's so low on power. And the guy behind the bars is like, Please help me. And you don't see it. But you turn the page, and you see him all the way down the hallway, and he's kind of bent over. You're like, oh, yeah, he ate that guy's arms. <laughs> oh, oh dear. <laughs> so he's a cannibal. Well, maybe PG-13 wasn't the right thing for Bloodshot. No. This, that's, <laughs> this, this, I'm pretty sure this movie was shot for an R, edited down for a PG-13, because there's a shot in the outtakes reel. Remember the guy that's in the tunnel, the last guy that gets killed in the tunnel? 
um, by the double pistols after Bloodshot gets his face blown off. Yeah. You only see Bloodshot shooting into the car. You don't see the reaction of the guy getting hit. There's a shot in the outtakes reel where the guy's kind of like jerking around in the car like he's being shot and they're going to just add it in post. That says that they probably shot this for an R rating and then it was requested to be edited down to a PG-13 because you can't release R-rated films in China. Also, I feel I feel like it, if even if this was a rated R movie, I mean, Gore would not save this movie. Yeah, I, it, I, it wouldn't yeah. save it. Because usually that stuff ends up happening specifically because they're like, um, well, kids will see anything, so we need to make sure they can. And no, the, Gore would not rescue this film because if you look at something like RoboCop, yes, it's violent and it's gory, but. There's a good story in there. There's good also, characters in there. I'm not talking the uh, remake, the original. <laughs> also, you know? with I, oh yeah, who's in the remake? Is that Joel Kinnaman? Yeah, fucking Jivan Ish Kinnamington Woodland. <laughs> it's it's Joel Ken, Joel Kinnaman who like is just the most empty human being I've ever seen in my life. Oh, not at all. <laughs> I, I, I am pretty sure he gets killed off in the Suicide Squad movie because he's not present in the final shots when Starro comes out I, of the ground. I actually... Okay, so there's this movie called Promising Young Woman that came out last oh, year. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I, it's on my watch and list. And I'm still working through my feelings. Is he in that? Uh, no, but they... Oh. Man, they It's a story about sort of like the the insidious way that quote unquote nice guys can prey on women. Yeah. And to illustrate that fact, they get a lot of quote unquote nice guy actors mm. to play those sort of sinister guys to like great effect in my opinion. And they got McLovin pers- in there. <laughs> and I personally think that having uh, Joel Kinnaman play Rick Flag in the Suicide Squad movies is perfect casting because Rick <laughs> yeah. Flag is a because Rick Flag is a big nobody in the Suicide Squad comics, so it's fine. That's fair, but I'm pretty sure he's getting killed off because uh, the like him and Captain Boomerang are not present in the final battle with Starro. I'm guessing that James Gunn is just going to reset everything, but uh, but which yeah, is fine I, with me. So you know. You know he's just, he's just he's just you know here and and Swedish but not a Skarsgård so nobody cares <laughs> and and you just, he he's one of the people that I'm uh, that I don't know if I'm rooting for Joel Kinnaman but like whenever he's not I see a him, leading man he's whenever I see him man. I'm like good for you I will say he's good in that TV show The Killing which only lasted three seasons which is just like diet twin peaks basically so mm. you know hey well it, it, twin you peaks know. is so good that even diet twin peaks like you say that i'm like that's probably pretty good it's like i'll take one peak you're yeah. not getting another season of twin <laughs> peaks so you may as well go ahead and enjoy what yeah. you can yeah so. exactly and uh, i i like that ending i don't care what anybody says um but yeah um the end of the movie comes he wakes back up he's a superhero he can't he basically can't die now he rides off into the sunset with kt and then uh, Wiggins says, "This could be a simulate and go to credits." Yeah, yeah. They end the movie on another bad Wiggins joke. Yeah, could <laughs> be all a... fake. Could be a simulation. Well, it couldn't be because why are you aware? <laughs> well, that was Bloodshot, and when we get back, we're gonna give the movie some Freezy Awards. 
Let me explain. If you would place your hand here, please. Now look at this. Oh, what the hell are those things? Biomechanical constructs. We call them nanites. They intuitively enhance your biology. Most notably, they, they react very quickly to catastrophic injury, rebuilding damaged tissue. Those are in my blood. They are your blood. We had some success. It's time to give the movie some Freezy Awards. This is the point in the show where we give uh, one to three awards uh, to each movie. Uh, it could be the things you liked, things you forgot shit on in the recap, things you mm -hmm. just found funny. Um, I know it seems like we skipped over a lot of the plot, but the movie is basically kind doesn't of have a lot it doesn't have a lot <laughs> yeah, to no. it we we hit the important bits trust us yeah it's not a lot to the movie well J jesse you're our guest so do you have any uh any awards that you'd like to bestow on the bloodshot movie <laughs> before we close this chapter of your life three points okay one um you know how films are structured in the form of three acts beginning middle end theoretically yes you can't really get to Act 3 if Act 2 is literally the same exact thing as Act 1. There's no third act in this film where Bloodshot takes penance for his crimes. Because everyone he kills in the movie is innocent. Yeah? I'll say that that's a concept that can work. It just, it just very much does not work here. It doesn't work because mm -hmm. it's never addressed that, hey, the guys that are defending Toby Kebbell, they're just like... <laughs> security guards they're not like they're not like part of the Aryan brotherhood or anything there's guys is it ever addressed no second point <laughs> <laughs> um i know you say that it's london in the second act of this movie when he goes and finds his wife london is gray and dim and rainy it is not sunny when they're running through the streets and Jimmy Dalton is chasing him through those I those mean, shops. I mean, occasionally it is sunny. Maybe he just <laughs> caught him on a good day. That No, that does not look like London. And the worst part of the movie for me, the worst part, the crux of the film is him getting back to his wife and him breaking down and feeling emotional that he's been gone for five years and realizing, oh, she has another life now that I didn't know about. The moment that he leaves and it's him in the car driving away, we get maybe five seconds of a view of him in the rear view mirror of the car, and then we're into another action scene. We don't even get time to process the emotional core of the film, mm -hmm. which means that there is no emotional core of the film. She was never even relevant to the story, it could have been a dog rather than a person, and it would be the same thing. Ouch. Well, damn. You My need thing. to have something <laughs> in your movie for me to be invested with. And his journey of getting back to his wife lasts for about five minutes, and then it's over. Just and then the rest of the movie, movie happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last time I have 
I have thought about this movie so many times, and like this movie came out, made no money, got terrible reviews. Not only is it poorly received by critics, the Metacritic is at like what forty four percent. Like, yeah, the, could, let's see. What's the audience score here? Well, what's the audience. The Rotten Tomatoes audience score is seventy eight percent. Seventy. What? This is not too shabby. Yeah, uh, a lot of the user reviews I saw were like, "Oh yeah, this is fine." But uh, meh. okay, for everybody out there listening, the books are better. I swear, I promise. The books are always better. You're not They're telling anybody so anything they didn't already good. know. Bloodshot literally rips off a guy's head and pulls his spine out through his chest cavity. It's Jesus, awesome. Tyrone Christ. It's it's awesome. He even says, "Why don't you quit while you're ahead?" and pulls his fucking head off. It's great. Like, it's great stuff in these books, and they just squandered it for this movie that was just meant to start a franchise for Vin Diesel, and it doesn't work. It's a broken movie. I I, I wish I could be kind to it, but I can't. And I'm not pissed at the people that worked on it. I'm pissed at, like we said, the nebulous they. They (laughs) The royal they, if you will. They in charge. You know, they're the ones that are the problem. It's... Not Dinesh's fault. It's not Sam Hewen's fault or, or our goddess and savior, Isaac Gonzalez. It's not her fault. It's the nebulous they and Vin Diesel. <laughs> it's, they are to blame. And this will not get a sequel. It's pretty much assured it will not get a sequel. If you want to reimagine this movie, my pitch for my casting, have you guys ever watched Letterkenny? On Love Hulu? Letterkenny. Jared Kiso. That's my, that's my bloodshot. I mean, I want to see Jared Kiso in anything that he, he was wants in Godzilla to do. 2014 for like a scene, and he was gone. Oh, he's in the Halo. He's that. in the Halo jump. He was in is the that, Halo jump sequence. Is Jared, is, is Jared Kiso? Is that Gaston son from the Descendants, or is that the other man? No, somebody else. Somebody else. The, the, no, that's he plays Wayne. Oh, that's Kenny. oh oh no, that's Riley. Jared Kiso plays the the main character. He's the main character he uh, has this, in Letterkenny. He's one of he the hicks. The same, he has the same hairline as Bloodshot. Same hairline. He's in shape. He's a good actor oh, yeah. and a good writer. Like he's a very handsome that's, man. That's my guy. He, that that like, man can do here, whatever here, the hell he here's wants. Here's Bloodshot as he is in the comics. That's Jared Kiso. The T-shirt I'm wearing, based on the the Trevor Harrison comics. That's just Jared Kiso. I mean, I'll allow it. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> well, Fuck you, uh, Riley. <laughs> well, Micah, do you have freezies for Bloodshot? I do. Um, this movie didn't do the violence to me that it did to poor Jesse. Um, so my first freezy <laughs> I am is... I a special case. <laughs> is to... I have cosplayed as this character for seven years at this point. Yeah, I'm a you... special case. I knew nothing. I was coming in... Just squeaky clean. Uh, so my first freezy is to welcome our new Hall of Fame inductee, Vin Diesel, of such fame as Babylon AD and The Last Witch Hunter. And yeah. now this. Yep. Welcome, yeah. my my zebra cake man. Uh, my second freezy, uh, I'm going to give to Sam Hewen for just being so hot that it doesn't make any sense. He's like six foot three. He can do whatever he wants. Oh, is he? Also. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whoa, with a face like that. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And shoulders like those. Mm-hmm. There's a reason they cast him in that Outlander show. He's sexy as hell. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you, you know. can just, he just gets a freezy for being here. I'll look at your face <laughs> in whatever. 
And uh, my last freezy was something that I meant to talk about in the recap, but um, didn't didn't end up mentioning. So I'll mention it here. Uh, I really kind of dug that um, Anton Sugar uh, style bolt gun that they used to murder his wife. You know, <laughs> creative weaponry. It just immediately made me think of No Country for Old Men, which is obviously a far superior uh, yeah. movie. And so, like, I was already in this, like, negative headspace where I hated everything about the first a- ten minutes. Sp- was I supposed to pick positives of this movie? No, no, no. no. you didn't have to okay. if you didn't want to. No, okay, you can just... be, your freezies can be whatever you want. I'd have to um, reach deep for that, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, not necessary. I just, um, it just made me think of No Country for Old Men. And I was like, oh, hey, I've never seen any other thing use one of those like that before. So, yeah, I guess my last freezy goes to Anton Sugar <laughs> as played by Javier Bardem. <laughs> Somebody not even associated with this movie. Yeah, he gets it. Yeah, yeah. So those are my freezies. Okay. CJ, what do you have? No, um, not Anton Chigurh. Give it to uh, Javier Bardem, who's going to be in Dune, which will hopefully be good when we see it in a theater later on this year. There you go. Honorable mention. In Dune? Yes, he? he's in oh, Dune. Nice. Okay. He's more more reasons he's, for me to be excited. He plays. Um, he's uh, he's Stilgar, the head of the uh, the head of the Fremen that interacts with House uh, oh, House Atreides. That's there he fun. Is. I'll take um, it. Yep. <clears throat> All right. So my freezies are as follows. The Warrior Nun uh, award for uh, loosest adaptation of a comic book I've seen in a very long time. Uh, no, no, that still goes to Howard the Duck. I mean that 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 that's fine. Uh, I'm just it still goes to Howard this, the Duck. This reminds me a lot of Warrior Nun in that, like, if it um, wasn't called Bloodshot, yeah, I probably it, wouldn't be able to recognize it. If Another property just, that I also enjoyed. <laughs> if this was just called Nano Man, I would say fine. But the fact that it's called Bloodshot has my head in a knot. No, yeah, we, we you've been affected. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm like, there's so little Bloodshot in your Bloodshot movie. Uh, my second freezy goes is the Rockadoodle, uh, the Hunch from Rockadoodle Best Supporting Actor Award goes to Lamorne Morris, who's just trying his best. And he tried. Um, That's tried. And and I think he deserves some recognition for being uh for being the most effortful effortful part of the movie. Um, <laughs> and then my third and last freezy is going to go to. I was gonna I was gonna do the uh, induction of Vin Diesel. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, you're fine. <laughs> you that was gonna be my one. third freezy, but you also had the same idea, which means that we we're both struggling to come up with freezies for this. But the he's just he's uh, just my boy, you know. Isaac uh-huh. Gonzalez for doing her best with not much. And <laughs> uh, I really like the stop time uh, sort of reversal effect thing that was going on in the tunnel action sequence. I think mm-hmm. that that was uh, oh this oh the super slow mo phantom mm-hmm. camera movement. Oh yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. if that it was if that was the only part of that scene, great. But because there's a bunch of like shaky cam and fast editing before that, it ruined the scene for me. <laughs> but that part. Gets my freezing. That part is so. very good. <laughs> and uh, also, and you know what? Like, it's not like the Snyder Cut and our boy Zach, who 
how much did we add up of that movie was done in slow-mo like the slow-mo was not overused here i think it's like i 10 percent of the snyder cut is in slow motion my only snyder That's... cut take is that the whale was camp <laughs> go to filmrescueshow.com for our episode on the snyder cut i fixed it and you can, and i hear everyone and i can hear everyone Camp has to be intentional. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It is. <laughs> and the whale is camp. Every time she she just walked into you. frame and and then. Ah! <laughs> hey, I just so, love it. So I love it. The, I love it. I love it. If the Flash is moving super fast, does that mean that whenever people talk to him, it sounds really slow to him? I mean, he's not in the Speed Force all the time. I know, but if he's moving very fast in Flash time, does that mean whenever people talk, it sounds really, really slow? <laughs> Probably. I mean, I would, oh, whatever. I would imagine. <laughs> Superhero shit, whatever. It's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, those are my freezes, and this is the point where we decide whether or not the movie is still fresh or freezer burned. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it, it's, if I was to just distill it down to, like, its barest points, it's very boring. Um, it You cannot watch this movie twice um, because knowing everything after the first, after the end of the movie, that half the movie is bullshit and is all lies, completely ruins everything from the first and half of the second act. It's the sui- like I said, it's a Suicide Squad problem. When you know where it's going, it makes the first half unbearable to sit through because you know that none of it matters. They could have started the movie with him just waking up, and it would have been fine. <laughs> like it would have been the same movie. <laughs> it, it could, yeah, when you can just excise like a good chunk of your film because it doesn't matter, there's a serious problem. You know, there's a structural yeah. problem. There's a character problem. And I, I, like I said, I don't blame anybody involved in this production except for the nebulous they up there at the top that we will never know their names of. Oh, I know their names. Their names are Vin Diesel and Neil Horowitz. They they do the, they they produce the, fan, the Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah, them or um. <laughs> that's that, that's the they. They're the ones. <laughs> uh, Micah still fresh and freezer burn on Bloodshot. You know what? I like Vin Diesel. He's my little Debbie Zebra cake of actors. When I want to feel good, I watch Vin Diesel. And also Shrek. <laughs> and I thought the action was relatively competently done. I like to look at Sam Hewen's face. I like to look at I- Isaac Gonzalez's face. So I I'm going to give it a still fresh because I wasn't terribly bored. Granted, I don't know anything. I didn't have any expectations. Um, I had like literally no expectations whatsoever. So I, I would watch this again, like doing laundry. I'd throw it on and I wouldn't be mad. So I'm going to give it a still fresh. That's that's the best review I can say is that if you are a Vin Diesel completionist and must see everything involving him, this is one of his movies that you just sort of play in the background while you're doing other stuff like the laundry or you're cooking your lunch and you just say that it was played and then you never watch it again. Yeah, like I don't go to Vin Diesel for art house cinema. That's why he's the little Debbie Zebra cake of actors. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, uh, CJ, what what do you think? 
Still oh, fresh, freeze burn. Freeze burn. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I fell asleep on it in the theater, and then yeah, I watched it, and it was very hard not to fall asleep this time. I three of my friends walked out of the theater. That seems extreme. <laughs> but it makes me look like an asshole because I actually, when the film was announced to be being made, I made a sign that I would carry around with me at conventions that says "Bloodshot film coming in 2017. Read Valiant now." It makes me look like a dick. The fact that I was pushing this thing on my own, and then the movie comes out, and it's an embarrassment. I'm pretty sure this is a movie that was supposed to be about two hours and ten minutes, and got chopped down to an hour and forty. There's probably like a half hour of footage missing. So, it, I didn't it, miss it. it, it <laughs> <laughs> I missed it. I thought it was I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying it would have felt more cohesive if they just had that stuff in there. Yeah. Well, that um, that was bloodshot. What an adventure, <laughs> Jesse! Thank you so much for putting yourself through that for us and coming on. You're uh, welcome. This is the last time I'm talking about this thing. <laughs> I can't do it again. I can't. What would you like to plug? Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on the Film Rescue Show with my buddy Seth and uh, my buddy Aaron. Uh, occasionally Brandon and Devin. They're a little bit sporadic at the moment. Uh, we take films that were either disappointing or just bad, and we pitch a different version to make them good. And we have some other stuff coming up this weekend. Uh, we also have Split the Difference, where we take an original film, compare it to its remake. That weird-ass game, where we take uh, weird, unusual games and analyze them. And Palette Cleanser, where we just discuss good movies, just things that we just like to gush about and just talk about how much they mean to us. We just discussed with ex-Valiant writer Joshua Dysart, we discussed a film called The Cremator, which is a film on Criterion, which if you want to hear us say fuck Nazis 90 times for about an hour and a half, go listen to that episode. Delightful. (laughs) Yes, it's great. Well, definitely um, links to all of that in the description slash show notes. Um, I believe CJ and I have both been on Film Rescue. It's a great time. Definitely give that show a listen. And also all of the others that Jesse is involved with. Uh, CJ, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, You can find me at CJ period. That's C-E-E-J-A-Y in the word period. I'm assuming you know how to spell it on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I also have a newsletter called Monoplex where I write about uh, things that I'm watching and let you know what's on streaming because uh, there's there's so much stuff there's there's never nothing to watch <laughs> there's everything to watch um, there's so much out there right now and uh, and that's it for me and you can find me on Twitter at MikeRenneB and on Instagram at LowKeyStrokeTheLemur you can find the show at Below32Pod everywhere that is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram give us a like, give us a follow drop us a review if you feel so inclined five star reviews help other people find the show easier and if you don't think it's five stars we uh, want love to hear why we always want to know what we can be doing better y'all stay frosty bye